This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. So welcome to Let's Talk Wellbeing and today's guest is Becky Whitehouse from Cloudless Sky Coaching. What a fabulous name. Mm -hmm. So Becky's profile says she helps mums find their power, passion and purpose, reconnecting with their true selves. I'm loving this. It's the three P's, Sue, instead of the three B's. How far is that? <laughs> power passion and purpose can't wait to hear more so um welcome becky thank you claire so do you want to hear it's... some more oh we definitely want to hear some more yeah <laughs> definitely tell us okay so um i kind of focused on mums because i i think very often and from what mums have told me i'm a mum myself an imperfect mum i should say don't always get it right that actually mums struggle with sometimes where they are who they are become known as so-and-so's mum and it's like well where's my name and you know in amongst that there are often career changes um, or juggling childcare, juggling other family stuff there's a lot going on and so I wanted to make a space and a, a place where I could support mums with all of the the, it, the word that springs to mind is juggling yeah all the juggle that goes on I mean, I, I, that that sounds great because, yeah, I can imagine there's there's a lot of juggling. We all have things to juggle, but I think being a mum and maybe especially younger children, I think even more so getting used to that kind of thing. Lots of things up in the air, spinning away on plates. Can I just ask, though, because... I really love this name, Cloudless Sky Coaching. Yeah, Where did that come from? Uh, that's partly my daughter's inspiration, actually. Um, and I really liked it because it, it it spoke to me of, you know, when they, everything's really dark and cloudy and you can't really see, and then it parts the ways and you begin to see the path in front of you. And, you know, that the darkness turns into that blue sky um that's what it when she said it that's what it um brought to my mind and the image that I had and I really really like that it spoke it. to me wow. there's a lot about mountains if you look up things like life coaching there's lots of pictures of mountains and I thought that's kind of overdone this was a little bit different I, I love that because you can already get a sense of the kind of coaching that you're going to be doing from that and I think it works really well so, yeah, I, I mean, lovely. So 
tell us a little bit more about yourself because I'm sure our listeners want to know how did you get into coaching what why coaching do you like the honest answer yeah please always. yeah we always like but, it. <laughs> so my husband said to me um many years ago I think you should do this course it would be really good for you and this is when I was at home and the kids were little and it was I wasn't working at the time um and I said mm, that looks interesting but do you know what I'm going to find my own course so that's what I did. And that led, um, so it was a kind of weekend taster. It was a Saturday, I think, of coaching. And I really enjoyed it. And that led me down the avenue towards coaching. I, I must say, I did do the course that he suggested as well, which was much more, um, it was connected, but it was much more about how your brain works. So putting the two together was um really useful and quite powerful um so they talked a lot about things like your focus and what you're thinking about is what you'll draw in those kind of things which at the time was all new to me and then since then I've gone on and done some NLP training hypnotherapy and I am currently doing some EFT training or tapping um as it's also known oh so yeah links with our kind of stuff as well so really understand the power that those have as well when you've done your neuro-linguistic programming for our listeners who don't know NLP yeah for that so that's what that is it's it's really useful and it really does have links with coaching as well and then yeah linking into your hypnotherapy as well yeah we all think in slightly different ways and we all process in slightly different ways and there's no right or wrong in any of that it's just that we're all different so when you know how somebody is thinking or a little bit more about their thinking it's easier to to help them in a way that they'll understand that's what it's all about really absolutely and like Claire says so much of what you're you're trained in and what you're focusing on there and highlighting relates with with our work at 3b and what we're huge advocates of um it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're talking about kind of how the mind works and how we think and how that impacts on us. And I don't necessarily think that people always associate those things with our well-being per se. You know, it, it, I think we're starting to, we're starting to make those connections. And obviously we're 3B, the mental well-being company. So I just I just wonder sort of what, what you thought about that and what this word sort of mental well-being kind of conjures up for you. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think in the past it hasn't really been connected, but those connections are being made um, and people are becoming more aware of them. And I, I was just thinking, actually, some of them, some schools are now being in, introducing some of these ideas, which is brilliant because mm. the younger you start, the better it's going to be. Absolutely. And that links into the question you just asked about mental well-being. For me, that's all about handling whatever life chucks at us. Because let's face it, it does, doesn't it? Those unexpected yeah. things, you know, the car not starting, the failed exam, the, you know, it can be anything, can't it? And it's all about how we respond to those and what we do. You know, we, we'll all have feelings from that, but it's then what we do with those feelings and how we respond, which is the difference between a reaction and a response. It's just, it's like... I. <laughs> I'm hearing Sue. It's, those, those are the kind of words she uses an awful lot when we're talking about things. It is. I, I think you really hit the nail on the head. It is responding rather than reacting to something. Yeah, it's, and that can it's take practice. 
Yeah, and even with practice, sometimes we still don't do it, you yeah. know, if we get our buttons pushed. Yeah, that was the other thing I, you know, I thought about that. Actually, I'm sitting here saying this, but I must say some days I'm right on it and other days it's a complete disaster zone yeah. and anything in between. So I don't want the listeners to think, you know, that I've got it all sorted because I definitely haven't. You know, it's up and down with everything else that's going on. And it might depend on actually what's actually happened, you know, um, and what you've got to do that can affect you in a different way. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's exactly the point. I think we we think that we're supposed to, we learn about ourselves, we strive, you know, we, we do the work. And then when we kind of have a setback and we don't respond how we would, you know, and how we feel we should, then we kind of pile on the guilt and we start beating ourselves with a stick. And I think it's all that expectation about what it means to be human, and what it means to be human in the 21st century, because it's confusing and chaotic yeah. and difficult and challenging. And there's a ton of things being chucked at us that we were never prepared for. Um, and so I think that's it. I think it's that kind of acceptance of we're human. OK, today's one of those days I see, you know, <laughs> it's all coming at me. Um, and just being that little bit kind of kinder and sort of more accepting of ourselves but I think like you say you're saying there about not kind of presenting this sort of idea of perfection to people um because I think that helps us all it helps us all to know that we all have those days would you agree yes absolutely and if you sometimes if if you ever hear some you know like a a famous actor something like somebody like that talk and they say actually there are times when they have nerves they're going onto stage and you know they feel sick with nerves and we sit there going really you know we never would have thought that but actually even the people that we hold in high regard that we look up to they're the same and they have these moments as well you also touched on something else there Sue is about how we talk to ourselves and so often we are we are so mean to ourselves the things we say in our heads you know, berating ourselves for some stupid mistake in our eyes, which is probably not a stupid mistake. But, you know, we'd never say that to somebody else. It's true. You know, we we just wouldn't, would we? And, you know, it's quite a big learning thing to actually be a little bit gentle with ourselves and say, okay, yeah, I mucked up. But, you know, what can I do about that? Is there anything I can do to fix it? You know, do I need to apologise to somebody? Do I just need to learn that actually... You know, I don't do those things in that order. I try a different order, whatever it is. But, you know, we're just so mean and call ourselves the worst possible names and everything, don't we? And it's, yeah, it's a, sorry, it's a really big thing, I think, for a lot of people. And it's something that I try and say, actually, we need to speak kindly to ourselves. I really like how you phrased it because very often, yeah, we talk about being kind to ourselves. I really liked that being gentle with ourselves because it just that word for me anyway. It, it it does sum up just yeah, little strokes. Be just that little bit gentle with yourself, and that is kindness. Yeah. And it's really important that we do it. It really is. You, you're right. You're so right there. Can I take you back to your three P's? I'm loving these. So what what was behind this power, passion and purpose? Um, I think so a long time ago, I I can't even remember who I was talking to. And um, they asked me what I did. And I said, I'm just a mum. And they just went, no, stop. 
you are not just an anything, and especially not just a mum. So I think that's where the, the seed was sown, if you like. Um, so I think often, you know, we, we're not, if you're a mum, even, and sorry, mums are working and some are not working. Um, and we're always comparing ourselves to somebody else or somebody who's in that big corporate position. And we might feel that actually we don't have that kind of sway. We don't control that kind of budget. You know, we don't have how many staff under us. We don't have many children. And we sometimes feel actually it's just little old me. What can I do? And I think that is in there because actually there's a lot you can do. You know, um, there's a lot of power in there. We are, whoever we are, we affect other people's lives. Whether you just stop and say hello to someone on the street. And my kids used to say this to me. Why are you saying hello to that person you don't know? And I said, I might be the only person they speak to all day. And I said, if they can go away and they know somebody has spoken to them, you know, and, you know, we're not talking about anything major. Hello, how are you? You know, whatever the weather's doing, that kind of thing. But I said, they've had an interaction with somebody you know a smile is contagious if you smile at somebody it gets passed on and there's the neurology behind that because of um the chemicals that are released when we smile so there's that um so that's kind of about the power and then the, the passion well we all have passions and things that we are passionate about and sometimes when you're a mum you can lose that a bit you you can find yourself a bit lost and i've spoken to women who are lost in themselves. They feel that they are just this mum. They don't know what else they're doing. There are others who feel that their role very much was to be a mum. And then when their kids go to school, they're a bit lost then because they're, the purpose of what they were doing every day has gone. Um, so that led into the purpose of finding where you fit. Um, and that's in the, in the biggest, broadest sense, I suppose. So in your home life and in your social life and in the life um, of work, whatever it is. Mm. Um, I've just lost my train of thought now. Um, yes, that's what I was going to say. The other bit will come back to me. Carry on and I'll let you know when it comes back. <laughs> what about the purpose? So what the, what is it just, is it like you say, it's, it's knowing that it, they're not just a mum. They have they have they have got that purpose. Yes, or it might change. So your purpose might change. We don't and we can change through life. You know, we do change, don't we? Um, yeah. emotionally and physically and what we're interested in. So it might be finding a new purpose. And I've remembered what I was gonna say. You talked about when the children were little. Now that's different. When the children get bigger and they're teenagers, they still need you. They just need you in a completely different way. Most often I have found with my teenagers, it's for food and lifts. That's what they need you for. But they kind of like you to be around and they'll start a conversation about something that's important to them, usually at the most inappropriate time for you. Um, but, you know, they still they still want you there. It's just different. Mm. It's really good. I mean, that that's good to hear. Um, yeah. Taxi service is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Chef for them. <laughs> yeah. Or you might provide the lounge where, you know, half a dozen of them hang out. Mm. But you know where they are. You know they're safe and you know what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, I, I, I love, uh, you know, there's power in the words there. There is that finding their power, passion and purpose 
there, there's there's just power within those words themselves because it shows that you know we all have the ability to be able to do that it doesn't matter what what else we are doing you know whether we're a mum or not but actually yeah with mums if that's how they're feeling yeah making sure that they're getting that back yeah so it's co- coaching that you do is it just one-to-one coaching do you do group coaching how does it work for them so I do do I do do one one to one coaching. I do a series, or if you know there's one particular thing that you want a bit of focus on, I do something called a power hour. So we chat, and you go away having some actions usually, and then quite often what happens is uh, whoever I've done it with will message me later and say, "Yeah, I've done that," and whatever whatever it was. I also run some group sessions. I have my Facebook group where everything in there is free, so I do some lives with a kind of thought for the day or an affirmation um sometimes other people ask questions and we just chat things through it's very much a a community which is what I wanted people don't want to hear me all the time you know everybody has a wealth of information and a wealth of experience and some people's experience will be far more um uh, what's the word in line with what somebody's asking because they might had exactly the same situation I might not have done um, so yeah, people are free to ask questions and chat to each other, um, and it's yeah, I would say it's it's a lovely community. It's open and friendly. It really sounds like it. It really sounds as though you're being to use that word again, responsive to sort of what what people want, you know, and kind of I will I love the idea of the power hour. I like that. That's yeah. a real kind of focused because often you know we length of time and and you know kind of the time that we can invest in things and spend on things we I think that can kind of play around with our heads a little bit can't it and we have certain expectations of what we'd expect to achieve or if we feel like we've got to sign up for a 12-week program that can just feel really daunting sometimes yeah. right? so sometimes just having that I've got this time and it's an hour and it's just for me yeah um I, I think that that sounds really powerful yeah and sometimes it's not a big thing is it it's you know, it can be quite a small thing, like maybe, I don't know, I, I'm a bit stuck in my job, what do I do next? Mm. And it's really finding that space to let, I'm not telling you what to do, I'm asking questions so you work it out, you know, so somebody has that space just to have that concentrated time, no interruptions, let's go and let's see what we can get out of it. That's what it's about. Absolutely. And, you know, as coaches, Claire and I, you know, we really understand and appreciate, you know, the the magic, you know, that yeah. can kind of take place in those kinds of sessions. And what you're saying there about just having a bit of space, just how it feels like really special. It's like a big privilege, isn't it, to sort of have that. And yet, in a way, it's kind of fundamental to our yeah you know, our sort of day-to-day well-being and the way that we, it's another way that we can take care of ourselves, I think. And I I wonder, is it something, again, that people are becoming more aware of, that actually this is something I can do to prioritise me? Are you finding that with the, the coaching work that you're doing? Um, I think it is. It's moving in that direction. I think people have become quite familiar with something like the gym or going for a run, mm-hmm. you know, that physical looking after yourself um and it is moving much more or people are becoming much more aware of um, mentally looking after themselves as well like you said it's so busy isn't it and the world is so fast you know the decisions we're making it's 
you know, we don't often have time to go away for a day and think about it, do we? We have to make that decision, you know, in 10 minutes time, if not sooner. So I think it's all of that is probably con contributing to that. But I think it is moving that way. And it's something I think sometimes we, uh, and I'm including myself in this, you know, to start with, I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't justify it to myself. I wouldn't think I deserved it. I wouldn't think it was something that I I could do. Um, so I know how people feel, feel about that. And I think when you say, oh, just an hour, the commitment is just an hour. You're not asking anybody to sign like you say for the next three months. People can afterwards if that's what they want to do and that's what's needed. Um, and I'm I'm fairly flexible, you know, responding to what people would like and um, how they'd like to work it. So I would never say you've got to come back every week. Some people like every two weeks. Some people like every week. Some people like once a month. And I want it to work for you um, or, you know, whoever I'm coaching. It's a bit like um, the analogy I always used to give was if I was working with a mum and I said, you know, your kids have to be in bed at seven o'clock in the evening and you know dad's going to walk in the door at 10 past seven well that's ridiculous isn't it that's just never going to happen so it, that can needs to be adjusted for you it's got to work for you so you know bedtime might be i don't know later eight o'clock because that's what works in your family and there's all of that for all of us we're all different in how we work and what commitments we have etc cetera, etc cetera. It's just, she's just she's just speaking like how we would and no, what, what we're thinking it's like you've been in my head <laughs> <laughs> because you're right I mean there's there's lots of you know well-being people out there who are like oh no this is what you need to do and I've done this so you need to do it this way and where you're saying is actually meeting the person where they are because we are all different so yeah if you were setting goals and um boundaries for them that they can't meet then you're just making them fail yeah whereas that you're doing is empowering them by going well what's going to work for them and yeah. going along with that and meeting them where they are I think that's brilliant and that's partly why I've got you know the tools I've got so I've done the NLP and the hypnotherapy and the EFT so that there are different things to try because we all like different things and we all respond to different things in in different ways so if you try one exercise with someone and they don't really like it or they say well it was all right you say well try this mm -hmm. this one might work for you oh we can really sign up to that because um i talked to sue about tapping and she was just like nah not, not really for me but then you came at it later on didn't you sue you sort of remembered about it because we'd done some together I did. I know. I mean, this was a long time ago when you first sort of told me about it and I was quite sceptical. And then, yeah, somehow years later, I think it kind of resurrected again. And I just thought, feeling particularly kind of perturbed and stressed one morning, and I thought, I'm going to just try this tapping thing and see what happens. And it was remarkable. And I've kind of been a big fan ever since. And I think that's it. You know, Claire used the phrase there, you know, meeting people where they are. And I think, I think that's so important you know, when it comes to our, our mental well-being and sort of that idea of taking care of ourselves because it's not about putting additional pressure on people or giving them, like, extra things for their to-do list. And sometimes they're not ready. Mm. And they don't even know that yet. And I think it's part of that discovery. But you're giving them that option, aren't yeah. you, so that they can come to it in their own way. Yeah. So 
it's really interesting. Obviously, you've got very similar things to us, so we can really get on board with this. For our listeners, what is it about all of these things that made you passionate about them? Why did you get passionate about it? Uh, I think the first thing is because I can see what difference they make, you know, and um, one of the things that I learned actually quite recently, which I love, is the idea of a one minute meditation. So people say, oh, my God, I haven't got time to meditate, you know, and in our heads, we've got some Buddha character sitting around for, you know, an hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Actually, it doesn't need to be like that. And I think that's something that we can learn. We can do it in a really short time frame, you know, and just for a minute, you can listen to your breath. You can look at something in your garden out of the window and just notice different colours, something I've my kids are sick to death of me talking about this. But in the spring, I'd say, look at all the different colours of green. You know, the trees are not just green. Yeah. There's, you know, hundreds of different shades and, you know, dappling and sprinklings in there. Um, and you can walk. And when you're walking, you can just notice how you're walking, which some people would call mindful mindful walking, I think. But you can think about the how your feet feel in your shoes or where the position I'm going like this with my hands. I know you're listening, but I'm moving my hands like their feet. So you feel where the pressure is as you walk. And then you can think about how your legs feel. And, you know, that doesn't take very long, Mm -hmm. but it just gives you that that minute or few minutes to just calm. And it is about kind of resetting yourself. It also gives your subconscious mind the bit that's working all the time, but we tend to shut out time to prompt you if it needs to. Sorry, I went off. I like that because <laughs> no, definitely not, Becky. No, that I mean it was all really useful. I think it's all good. Because why where you've took me with that is I'm thinking, yeah, you've took me to a place where then you're able to, like you say, listen to whatever comes up for you. And I think that this is something that I think people either don't want to do or or scared of doing or just don't realise that they're not doing it, that we are then able to listen to things that come up. So like our emotions, because they give us information. So if we have this little bit of time and even like you say, just this one minute, you know, we can all fit that in, you know, just one little minute of some kind of meditation, whatever that be, will maybe bring something into your head that you you know you maybe need to think about or gives you some reflection to do and it's really important that we do that but so many times I hear people it's like if they want distractions from it because they're scared of actually dealing with that it's really key so for us your mental well-being is wrapped up in emotions and like so it's it's a never-ending kind of circle that's going on with that what what do you think about that? Do you deal with emotions within your coaching? Yes, yeah, I do. And um, our emotion, there's nothing wrong with our emotions, whatever they are, you know, whether we feel angry, sad, you know, excited, joyful, whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with any of those. It's how we, we kind of need to let them come through us and out of us. Mm. I think we all know what happens when we put the lid on and we keep that emotion inside, there's an eruption at some point. So um, we need to let those out. And there's various different ways to let those out. You know, tears are good. Uh, I was talking the other day about being careful, particularly with our boys, 
in the language we use with them, like boys don't cry, man up, those kind of things, because they're not going to be helpful because we want them to be able to deal with their emotions and their feelings as they grow up. You know, it may be one of the other things I talk about is if, if you've been hurt, you can always write it down. You can write a letter. Don't send that letter. Shred it. If you know, if you want something more significant, you can burn it because that sometimes people that feels it just feels different. There's a different energy yeah. to it. Or you can rip it up, screw it in the bin, whatever works for you. So there's there's ways I learned a very lovely uh, visualization that somebody taught me about somebody. It's when somebody's given you a belief. So they've said something about you that you don't think is true or you are not going to buy into and you do this whole visualization where you wrap it up like a gift and you give it back to them and say, with love, this is yours. You keep it. Like oh, that. wow. Because it's not love mine. That. Yeah. And it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. I take no credit for that. Someone taught that to me. But oh, I thought, God. actually, that's that's a lovely one. And people respond to different ones. Some people are very much, yeah, I want to rip something out. And other people, no, I want to think about it in, and deal with it in my head. Um but however, it is about getting those emotions out. You know, some other people might go for a run. Um, I never thought I would be a runner. But since January, I run 10K a week, um, not in one go, in two goes. So I do 5Ks quite regularly. And I was chatting to, I run in a running group, it's a women's running group, which is lovely. And one of the other runners was saying, depending how, you know, if I've had an argument with my significant other, um, that depends how fast I run. <laughs> So, you know, it's um, people deal with things in different ways, but it's about knowing what, what works for you to deal with something. I like that. It's true, isn't it? It's it's kind of, we're talking about, we're really big on emotions at 3B, you know, we're all about sort of leaning into feelings and actually making space for them and finding ways to express them, as you say, letting them kind of come through, processing, yeah. managing them. and Because emotions give us information don't they yeah. and I think you know historically we're taught to kind of suppress them or push them away or that they're there we label them as good or bad and really they just are what they are yeah and, you know you talked before about kind of educating young people and and our children you know about these kinds of things and and you know it's something Claire and I feel really really strongly about you know kind yeah. of getting in there early on I wonder in, in the work that you do with mums, you know, you're sort of focusing because it's about them and their time. But does any of that kind of filter through to enable them to then support their children? Or is that not really yeah. focus? No, it does. Absolutely. Mm. And one of the things uh, I focused on was it last week or the week before is that Thursday, A-level result, results are out. Yes, Next Thursday, are. GCSE yeah. results are out. So part of that is, and I said my whole point was maybe think about how you're going to react you know we're hoping things have gone very well but sometimes it doesn't you know so you know think about that how you can be what what are you going to need to do as mom you know is it going to be the hugs is it going to be um you know sitting down and having a chat is it going to be taking somebody somewhere they're going to have to go into school or college to try and sort things out whatever it's going to be just think about before it happens so you have an idea of how you can respond because your response will be really important to your young person I love that I love this idea of kind of 
not not in a contrived way preparing a response but thinking about how you I think you said then how do I want to be yeah you know it, and it's, of, it's that yeah and of course sometimes um the results aren't what you were all hoping for but it can lead to different opportunities so I know some families who results really didn't go how they wanted but actually it led to something that was a far, far better fit for their young person long term. And, and, and amongst all of that, there's all the peer pressure, both from our young people's friends, but also from parents. Mm. You know, my child's off to Oxbridge or whatever it is. And, you know, that can have an effect on us. Mm. You know, why didn't my child work hard enough to do that? Well, you mentioned before earlier on about comparing and comparison and I think that's yeah. we're programmed to do that and I yeah. think we do it as you know we do it as individuals we do it as parents we do it as family members we yeah. do it as co-workers it's just it's it's part and parcel of what we do as humans but like Claire and I always say it's a game you can never win because we're yeah. all we're all different it's, it's one of those really old responses mm. so when we were cave people if we'd been kicked out of our little community group that probably meant death and we haven't sort of caught up with that, that actually just because I didn't get invited to that party, get that result, you know, it it's not going to be the end of the world. You know, in a, a sense of that's it, life over, literally dead. But, you know, so it's, we have these old responses that are kind of not quite right for today, but we're still working with them. It's like evolution hasn't quite caught up in some way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Within our, when our neurons are firing, the brain's going. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's the old way of dealing with yeah. stuff. That habitual that we've like, yeah, that's been passed down uh, through generations kind of thing. Totally. And I think it's, it, but it does impact. So even though we don't want to compare anymore, we need, we, it is important for us to try, try and stop that, stop yeah. that where we can. It still affects us. And like what you were saying there just about, you know, um, you know, my child's going to Oxbridge and then how that can make others feel. I, I've heard people are like, oh, well, my child's already walking. My child's doing this. My child's when the baby's. And then, yeah. you know, you've got a, a mom who's got like maybe a newborn who's thinking or like, you know, toddler who's yeah. thinking, well, there must be something the matter with that because it's not walking yet. And it has no detriment on them whatsoever, you know, but suddenly it's sort of we are we're in that whole comparison game thing yeah it's not it's not right is it really no and I, you know even now sometimes so sometimes I look at picture on Facebook of somebody's summer holiday and it looks idyllic you know they're on a beautiful beach or you know hillside wood wherever they are everybody's smiling and I think oh my holidays don't look like that and I have to remind myself actually that was probably 10 seconds of two weeks that they were actually all in the same place all smiling and so-and-so wasn't, you know, having a go at somebody else or poking somebody with a stick. And you have to physically <laughs> remind yourself. Because that is, and that's the whole thing about social media. That's only what people want you to see. And that's a tiny snapshot. It's, it is. It's about, like, Instagram and, and social media, all of, like, the Facebook, everything. 
it can be made to look different. Like people post videos and where it's all perfect and they've like they've made this lovely meal and that. and I'm just like how many times I've followed a recipe and I've gone yeah. well that doesn't look like that does it? <laughs> That's you why know? you need to give it some groovy new name. So um, what was somebody was cooking something and there were new potatoes and they fell apart so they put butter and um, you know ground pepper on them and then they were crushed new potatoes a whole new thing it's a big reframe i like that big reframe yeah. if you burn something you just caramelize it <laughs> yeah <laughs> or distressing it yeah i'm loving yeah. how you're, you're reframing yeah cooking and recipes i like that and applying it to that but i think this is it isn't it so much of this stuff impacts on us you know we, we it's almost kind of like we, we can take ourselves a bit too seriously i think sometimes can't we you know i mean obviously investing in ourselves and our, taking care of ourselves is really important but i think there's there's another side to all of that isn't there that can be yeah. a bit insidious you know what i'm interested to know if it's all right to ask you becky what sort of things you do to take care of your mental well-being you know like kind of on a day-to-day basis yeah um so we have a dog so that involves walking her at least twice a day and she's a labrador so she'd come out whenever she was asked so one of the things i do is to get myself out in nature um not every time. So I live in a village, so we walk around, you know, on the pavements, but I might go to the local woods or we have a reservoir is too big, a pond is too small, somewhere in between where you can walk around um, and there are birds, there are water birds. So something like that. And that's probably something I do every day. I do the, do the running um, twice a week, which is a great way to just, yeah, clear your head. I do it usually once with people, once on my own. Uh, and some people don't like doing it on their own. I quite like doing it on my own because I do something else, which is called talk journaling. Um, so it's like journaling, but you don't have to write anything down. You just speak it. So I might look a bit mad because I'm talking to myself effectively. But if something's bothering me, it's the same sort of questions and the drilling down. Why is this bothering? What about this? What about this conversation affected me? Why did that situation upset me so much? Um and just you just talk it through. For, so for those of people who don't like writing, that's a great one. Or you're worried that somebody might find your writing. Um, that's a really, really nice one. Um, the other thing I do is I, I do do my gratitudes. Um, and I try and think of three, at least three things. Sometimes it's morning. Sometimes, sorry, sometimes I do it in the morning. Sometimes I do it in the evening. So three, at least three things I'm grateful for. Because they can be teeny tiny. Um, so when I'm sometimes thinking about a cup of tea, you know, it's not physically my just that I love a cup of tea, but all the way back through, I can be grateful to the people who put it in the tea bag, the people who made the box, the people on the ship, the people who actually grew the tea in the first place. Um, and they, or they can be big things, you know, there are some tough things going on in the world. You know, I'm grateful I have a safe home. You know, I do have food in my fridge and in my cupboards. Not everybody does. Um, yeah. So there are things. I just thought something else that I've forgotten what it was. We'll come back to you like it did yeah. before. I, I'd just like to say to Claire that, Claire, did you know you were doing talk journaling when you're talking? So everything you were describing is something that I, I witnessed Claire do. 
it's all right for me to share that. It's too late. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> it's out there now. The kind of the working it out or the working, you know, because <laughs> you do, don't you? You do. You I do. do. I, I, yeah, I, it's just, and it has to be out loud for it to help. It can't be just in my head. I don't find yeah. it works as, no, it as much doesn't. in my head. Yeah. So out loud and then, yeah, very often. Yeah, if I can't talk to Sue, which I'm really, I'm like really blessed because that was one of my gratitudes. I'm really blessed that I've got a really great partner in my business because I get to talk to her about I'm not feeling good. This is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. Why am I feeling like this? And it goes on and on. Yeah. I love the talk journaling. I think that's brilliant. I love how you, you're combining that with your running. Um, and yeah, if some people, I'm quite five, some people can hear me talking to myself. I don't care. I've got to the point now where I'm just like, you know what? This is what I do. I talk to yeah. myself and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it is. Um, so the other thing I was going to say is I do do some tapping as well from time to time. Um, I quite often get back pain. So I use that for back pain, actually, that one. I find really helpful. Yeah, I can definitely, yeah, I, I use yeah my EFT as well. Yeah. I've used it on people for their pain. That's yeah. how come I came to it. I came to it through pain. Okay. And somebody talked to me about it and then, yeah, it just went yeah. from there when I realised actually this is working. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. think it's, that's a really good one. I started quite sceptical. Well, you know, maybe we'll give it a go. Oh, look. <laughs> it helps yeah and I've heard of other people I heard someone talking about doing it in the supermarket EFT as she was in the supermarket really just what was she doing she was, she was just tapping just as she went round. she didn't say what the issue was but something was bothering so she said I don't care I love that you know Claire and I do a lot of work in businesses and and on organizations and we, we kind of got this real sort of I don't know, a vision of like people sort of sat at their desks, you know, or standing yeah. up and doing, we do a lot of like the mudra, you know, hand yoga, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, just, and, and tapping would be another one. It's kind of, let's bring these things sort of into the norm, you know, so yeah. that people don't feel strange or weird doing it. It's just, we're, we're taking care of ourselves yeah. in the way that we need to. The other thing I was just going to say is just to the news, that's a biggie. So, um, we are predispositioned, there's not the right word, you know, to pick up on the negatives because yeah. it would have been the negatives that kept us alive. We wouldn't have come out of our cave and said, oh, what a glorious morning, look at the view. We'd have probably come out and said, oh, my goodness, what's going to kill me today? Um, so we are, we do focus on the negative. And I found this particularly at the beginning of COVID when everything was so uncertain and nobody knew what was going on that, I'd be looking to the news for reassurance, but actually that was just more mm. negativity and more worry. And I think sometimes we forget how often we hear the news. You know, we have the radio on, you know, maybe we're on Twitter, we're on social media in some other form. Then we watch the news or we read it and it's coming at us, you know, ever so often in lots of different forms. So sometimes that can be a conscious, actually, I need to, reduce my news consumption because that's feeding into my worry or my anxiety mm. um turn it off turn it down turn off notifications don't watch it i'm not saying you don't if you want to watch the news that's fine but you know maybe you say i'll oh, just watch it once or listen to it once and some people don't listen to it at all they think if there's something there's that big that i need to know about i'll get to hear about it that's me yeah that's me i i 
I learned a long time ago it was not good for me. So yeah. don't read newspapers, don't listen to the news. Plus, it's giving you the take on it. It's not actual true reality, all of it. It is always a take or a version of it. Um, and it just didn't do me any good. And I do find that, that, you know, the big stories, the big things that I need to know about, yeah. I always find out about them at some point. And I do, I think that's, I think it's about, it's knowing your triggers, knowing what could potentially, yeah. you know, cause you to have those problems. It's like, I used to watch Crime Watch um, when Nick used to do it. And at the end, he always used to say, don't have nightmares. Because remember, you know, they, these don't these crimes don't happen that often. Yeah. Well, they probably do, but actually I felt really reassured by him when he used to say that. And I was all right. That used to make everything all right. Yeah. For me after watching them. So it depends. You've got to pick and choose, haven't you? What yeah. works for you. And you need to know about you. Because, like you said, that's for you. Somebody else wouldn't like that, don't have nightmares. That would be like, oh no, no, I'm gonna have a nightmare because you've put the idea in my head. Yeah. So it's about knowing yourself. Just some really good stuff coming out from this, Becky. And I just really like how your mind works, really like where you're going and, and how you're thinking and all the great stuff that you're clearly doing with your cloudless sky coaching. Thank you. So I'd really like to hear, I mean, Sue, I'd really like to hear because we don't. don't know what this is. We don't. What your song choice is. So it is Behind the Clouds, The Sun is Shining. Um, Brad Paisley, and it is in the film Cars. Oh. If you don't know it. <laughs> I don't know it by name, but, you know, we, uh, might, we might know it when we... Yes, you might well recognise it. So it's all about Behind the Clouds, the, sh the sun is shining and there's a blue sky. And about um, nothing lasts forever. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't last forever. Um, and one of the lyrics talks about it's like thinking it's never going to stop to rain once it started. And I just, I just love it. It's not really the kind. It's a bit um, country. It's not really the kind of music I go for. But the thoughts behind it and what it says to me, and what it conjures up is you know, that dark times won't last forever um, and there's a way through, just speaks volumes. Really like that. Yeah. So have a listen. See if you, I hope you can find it. Definitely. That was an extract from our radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. You can listen in every Thursday between 12 and 2 on HCR. 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com.